So, we're continuing in the series about our Cranda vision and the values that underpin it. We're one growing community of disciples who seek to love Jesus, one another, our villages and God's world. And underpinning this are the following values. As we follow Jesus, we seek to be prayerful, which Tim preached about last week, joyful, hopeful, welcoming, generous, Bron preached about that, and courageous. So today, we look at hopeful. So, uh, I'll mention briefly the, the service this morning, the Old Testament uh, reading, which was Lamentations 3, because it's, it's pertinent. Uh, it was a weird reading that I chose, and I kept asking God to change it, because it's all about Jeremiah lamenting the destruction of Jerusalem and Israel. I guess in the light of this week, God knew something I didn't. But in the midst of all of that pain and despair, Jeremiah recalls God's promises given to us throughout Scripture. And again, it alludes to something I'm passionate about, I've spoken about a couple of times recently, Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, where um, God comes down and speaks intimately to Moses, and he says, this is what you need to know about me, this is my nature. Because Jeremiah remembers from verse 22, chapter 3 onwards, he says, but I remember God's abounding love, his great faithfulness, his goodness, and because of this, I hope in God. So hope is our theme. Ros read from Acts chapter 2, if you remember Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has entered. The followers of Jesus in a, a really remarkable, powerful way. And Peter, that disciple who only a few weeks before had run away and re rebuked knowing Jesus, he stands up powerfully and he proclaims that despite what you see, the apparent triumph of evil over good in the cross, God actually has triumphed over evil. Jesus is alive, he says, as King David foresaw. He is both that promised Messiah and he's more. He's the Lord in person, on his throne, pouring out the <coughs> Spirit to his followers. Hope is alive and well. God's promises throughout the ages are sure. This brings us hope. <clears throat> so hope. There are two aspects, and I want to talk about two things. The nature of hope and what underpins it. First of all, the nature of hope. There are two aspects to this, too. There's man's hope, and there's the hope of Scripture. And they're very different. So man's hope, let's look at that first. There is no certainty, it's simply a desire. And I know that there are several people here who hope fervently that Nottingham Forest is going to win the league. Okay? I don't share that, but never mind. I have to tell you it's wishful thinking. There is no certainty. May happen, may not happen. Personally, I don't care. <laughs> but I know some, some people who do. That's man's hope. 
Christian hope is very different. It's far more radical, it's triumphant, it's enduring, and there is no sense of uncertainty. The when and the how may be uncertain, the if is in no doubt. Hope in the Bible has been a constant theme. Over a thousand years of holy men and women writing scripture, dozens of them have this hope, which literally in the Bible, the word means a confident expectation. People watching and waiting for someone or something that they know will arrive. There is no uncertainty in the Bible's hope. There is no wishful thinking. It's a done deal. So man's hope is uncertain. It's a desire. And for those of you who follow Nottingham Forest or other teams, there's probably quite a lot of angst involved in it. Our hope may rest in science, money, governments and leaders, the powers of our intellect and rational thought, our friends and relatives even, perhaps even the innate goodness of man. You need perhaps to ask yourself, are any of these where I place my hope, my sense of security? Because I have to tell you, they're all wishful thinking. They're not scriptural hope. Just look at the evidence of history, the world around us. Are any of these safe places for us to rest our hope within? But there is good news. In the Christian hope, we have something better to offer the world. It centers on the resurrection of Jesus and the promises of God. And it can be encapsulated in three truths, if you like, in which we place our confidence. Now these were, <coughs> excuse me, very well identified, I have to say, nod to the vicar, a couple of years ago when he was talking about hopeful as one of our values. Very simple, very scriptural, and fundamental to our faith. Because as Tim said, our hope rests in three things. What God has done, what he will do, and what he's doing right here, right now. These three things form the basis of our Christian hope. So I want to look at these three little more, what he has done, will do, is doing now. So first, what God has done. Well, the core of our faith, as we heard in Acts chapter 2, is the cross and the resurrection. It's at the centre of our new logo. The core of the Cranmer group is the cross. And with it, it's an empty cross, the resurrection. <coughs> Our trust is in the truth of Jesus' death and resurrection. Through this, we are assured, first, that death has already been defeated 
We may experience it individually, but it can no longer harm us. It can no longer separate us from God. It's part of the joy, actually, of John Thacker's passing. He knows this. He now experiences this truthfully. And secondly, the resurrection is like the seal of this promise. Christ is alive so that we might live. Now, I can't overestimate the importance of our vision, that we as a community are called to grow in faith. Again, as Tim has alluded to before, growing disciples, not just growing in numbers, but fundamentally in faith. Knowing what Christ has done for us, individually, but also for mankind. For God so loved the world. The world needs to see our faith. I'm going to tell you an aside. A lad I know who was and is a confirmed atheist, and his parents were killed very tragically. And I was told by his wife that he just kept saying, I don't want to talk about it, I just need to see my aunt. I just need to see my aunt. And I think that somehow he just needed to be with someone who had a faith. Who, that reassurance, even though he's still an atheist. And I say this because I think that even when we might doubt that our faith impacts other people, you can be assured it does. And therefore, nourishing our faith, our hope, is vital, not for us, but for the world around us. A world that has little or no hope. So, becoming confident about what God has done it's important for us as a community. What he has done, what he will do. Now this is something we don't often hear about, but he promises he will fulfill all of his promises for mankind. And they aren't all fulfilled yet. Most perhaps yet, perhaps some of the most important. But Jesus will return to do so, to fulfill all of God's promise the final triumph of good over evil. Helen knows we need it. Not just death defeated, but earth filled with the glory of God. And it's the centre of our communion service. For many of us, week after week, we say regularly, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. So hope here is being confident of that expectation, we are called to watch and wait, to see the signs and to wait confidently for his return and for all to be resolved. We don't hear about it very often, but Jesus had a lot to say about it. Jesus in just Matthew 24, John 14, he talks about his return. Peter talks about it, 2 Peter 3, where he says, He is not slow, but long-suffering 
that fundamental, again, that reference to Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, where God says, this is fundamental about me, I'm long-suffering. And Peter says he's long-suffering. He's not willing for any person to perish. The angel in Acts 1 who says, but you're going to see him come in the same way that you saw him go. In Hebrews, the writer in chapter 9 says, he will appear a second time for salvation, complete freedom to free us. And Paul, 1 Thessalonians 4, says you will see him come down with a shout. For all of these witnesses of God, they had no doubt. The when and the how, but not the if. So we hope in what he has done, what he will do, and what he's doing right now, right here. Through his Holy Spirit, working in us and through us, individually and together, we are his hands and feet. Again, from scripture, John 14, Jesus says, I won't leave you orphaned, I'll come to you. In Matthew 18, which Tim and I spoke about a few weeks ago, where John's, uh, Jesus says, when two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm here, right at the center in the midst of you. He's here now. He's here, obviously, with us all the time, but in some special way when we meet together. John 15 and 16, again he promises, I'm going to send my spirit, and so on. So, we are called to be a hopeful community, living in confident expectation of what God has done, what he will do, and what he's doing right here, right now. So whenever you harbour doubts or anxieties, we all do, I would beg you, return to your Bible become familiar with the promises of God. Talk to other Christians. Pray. Seek God's face and learn his promises. Grasp hold of his faithfulness and breathe in God's peace so that you can offer it to a world in need of peace and perhaps seeing no hope. So let us grow as a hopeful people together. Our understanding of hope is very different to the world's. We don't know when or how, but we can be assured of God's promises. They're underpinned by scripture and by what God has done, what he will do, and what he's already doing right here, right now. These are at the core of our confidence and our hope. We owe the world the right to expect us to grow individually and as a community in this hope to bring hope to a world that increasingly 
sees little hope. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to help us to grow individually in confidence of all the things that you have done, that you promise still to do, to notice your Holy Spirit acting in the world today. And above all, build us into a people of hope that we might help to bring hope to a world <coughs> of anxiety and a world that needs your peace. We ask all of these in the name of your precious Son who died and has been raised to new life. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen.